Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this show without the express written consent of the Financial Guys LLC is strictly prohibited. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management or Blackridge Asset Management. Financial Guys, Independent Solutions, and Blackridge Asset Management are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, Inc. All righty, welcome back. Another Financial Guys uh, exclusive interview here. Special guest today. I'm going to read the title so I don't screw this up. We have Brianna Morello with us, uh, former Fox News Corporation producer, senior producer for Emerald Robinson, independent journalist, and a former Newsmax producer. Did I hit all those right? Yeah, yeah, you did. You did. Uh, All right, perfect. First off, thanks for joining us. We look forward to talking to you today. Um, I do want you to give a little background on your career so far. So our listeners know what you've done, where you've been, and then we can jump into each of those places. Perfect. Yeah. So I initially started off in the sports world, uh, started off over at major league baseball for a bit, did some freelance, um, reporting here and there also did some, uh, production work as well. Jumped over to ESPN for a little bit after, uh, there was like a little bit of a purchase of major league baseball by Disney. So I kind of split off and went my separate ways with them as well. Uh, then I decided it was time to leave the sports world and enter the news industry. So I, uh, went over to Fox Corp in about 20, 2019, I'd say. Uh, so I worked for both Fox news and Fox business. They're all the same company. Uh, and then I ended up leaving New York, moving down to South Florida, where I worked uh, at two local news stations as a producer. And I also, uh, run over to Newsmax as well. And I did uh, production work for them as well for one of their news shows. And then I jumped back over to Fox and I worked remotely for Fox Business in South Florida. And then I ended up in December of 2021 relocating back to New York uh, for a gig until something very shady happened. I'm only shaking my head at you now. I'm going to get to that in a second. I'm only shaking my head because obviously, you know, I've told you I'm from New York and uh, anytime you can move from New York and get back down to sunny Florida. That's the place to be. And uh, you made a good choice there, but then he came back to New York. So talk to me a little bit about Fox (laughs) news and what, what happened there, because I think it's important to note. um, Obviously there's a message on that station. I watch a lot of that station. I'll be the first to admit, but there's a certain message on that station and and certain things uh, didn't shake out that way. It seems for you. Yeah. So I worked there back in 2019. Like I mentioned, I was, I was working the technical side though. I was not working in the production side, although I was training as a producer with a bunch of the producers. I was not, I didn't have a, a job lined up just so I represent this properly. I didn't have a job lined up, but you know, they call it shadowing where um, before your shift starts, if you want to potentially learn a different position, cause they're not union, you could just go into the office and follow along with the production team as long as they give you permission. So I, I did do that for a bit. Um, so I, I worked there in 2019. It was what it appeared to be on air. So I really didn't notice anything strange. It wasn't until I came back in 2021 that I noticed that things had shifted a little bit. Uh, my first clue, which I should have absorbed pretty quickly, but I didn't. I just like kind of laughed it off. Uh, I got an email from Human Resources, and um, when I was being onboarded, and in that email there was this individual who put their pronouns in their email signature, which was quite odd. Um, and I kind of just like laughed it off. Maybe they just wanted to to fit in. I don't know. <laughs> they didn't know what it was. Maybe they were just in denial. Maybe a former CNN employee or something. But kind of just moved past it. Um, 
And then it just kind of got a little, it got a little strange, you know, initially Fox was asking for a vaccination status voluntarily, but I was working remotely in Florida by myself. So I didn't understand why they wanted that information for me. Didn't really make much sense. So I ignored it. Got about three emails requesting, oh, sorry, went from voluntary decision to mandatory in which I got three emails asking for my vaccination status. One of those emails came in from um, Suzanne Scott. And, she, you know, it, it was emails I ignored because, quite frankly, it's none of their damn business. <laughs> it's kind of how sure. we saw it. And um, it wasn't until I got a personal email from Human Resources, a, a top uh, one of the top people who run Human Resources, uh, demanding my vaccination status, did I finally respond to them. And... You know, I don't know. I feel very uncomfortable submitting my my vaccination status to me is none of their business, and it shouldn't ever be. And um, they ensured me that this information was going to be kept private, and it was only being used for seating arrangements, is what this individual told me. So when I come back to the office, which I was um, committed to doing when I first, before I even got hired, I committed to coming back into the office by January first of January third of twenty twenty two. So earlier this year is when I was supposed to come in. Um, so it was just all very strange. They pitched it as they needed to know where to put my seat. So I guess they were going to separate the vaccinated and unvaccinated, which sounds very odd, especially if you've watched Fox. And, you know, they talk about how people who have natural immunity have uh, stronger immunities than those who have been vaccinated. But they were they were going to uh, they were going to separate us in the office is what it sounded like in emails, which is very odd. Um, I, I think what's frustrating about this, Brianna, too, is is it ends up. Look, now here we are. How many how many months and years later, we all knew this. You know, people yeah. that believe the things that you and I believe. We, not not that it was a fake virus or people weren't dying from it. Of course, that that was of course happening. But we got to the point where, you know, you're not going to stop this from running its course. It's going to run its course one way or the other. And to shut businesses down and to make people feel like they need to put a a we'll call it a, you know, a scientific experiment in their body just seems outrageous to me. And that Fox news pushes the message they push and then do that on top of it makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And that was kind of my initial feeling behind this. So uh, I, I kind of had a gut instinct that there was some type of financial incentive behind all of this. And sadly that, that did prove to be true. Uh, so like I told you, Fox knew that I was unvaccinated because they forced me to tell them. Uh, and if you look at my social media, my social media, it's, I'm not anti-vax. Obviously, many of us who, who d did not want to get the vaccine aren't anti-vax. We're just normal Americans who say, hey, I'm not going to take something that just came out. I want to wait it out a little bit and see what happens. It's not a crazy idea. It's actually very intelligent to do. But um, they didn't want you thinking for yourself. So long story short, the day I moved back to New York City, literally the day Fox knew when I was moving back to New York, I received an email that was forwarded to me by my executive producer and it was dated uh, weeks prior. So this email had already been sent to all the New York employees prior to me receiving it, saying that um, any unvaccinated employees can't come to the building anymore because they are complying with the New York City vaccine mandate, the private sector mandate. Now, it's interesting because at the time, Joe Biden tried doing that as well. His was shot down by the Supreme Court. And, you know, anyone with a brain knows that the mayor of New York City doesn't have more authority than the president does. So if the courts are saying that the president doesn't have the authority, then sure, the New York City mayor also does not have that authority. I initially thought that Fox was going to challenge it, but I was sadly mistaken. Fox wasn't looking to challenge it. And so I was looking for an attorney at the time. 
I did run into a few of them, but they mainly wanted to focus on the fact that Fox was complying with the vaccine mandate. And at the time, I, I wanted to, the only reason why I moved to New York City in the first place was for Fox, was because I was a hopeful of being able to work on Tucker Carlson's show. I wanted to produce for him. And so I didn't want to burn all my bridges and go with a shady uh, attorney who was a liberal and bash Fox in the process of all of this. So I just didn't want to do that. Um, and I wanted to give Fox the benefit of the, benefit of the doubt. So I gave them some time to let me know what they were intending on doing. And human resources let me know they weren't intending on doing anything. I later learned that HR was pushing, um, even though the private sector mandate, there's two options. If you're not vaccinated, you get put on unpaid leave. Or the second option is you could work remotely. I was working remotely prior, so I thought I was just going to be put remotely. because That would make sense. Uh, but human resources was actually pushing to put me on unpaid leave. Um, and they were looking to do so under the terms that when I was first hired, not knowing there's going to be a vaccine mandate, I agreed to come into the New York City office. So they were gunning for me. I was made aware of this by several people. Um, my executive producer uh, and another producer had to go to bat for me, unfortunately. And then finally, after pushing back, um, they did, um, uh, they allowed me to work remotely. But after learning they were coming for me, I, I knew it was now time to come up with a new career plan because they were going to look for any way to out me. At the time also, I had received, you know, I, I had a chat with somebody and they weren't very happy with my social media posts as well, telling me that it was against company policy to show any bias. Talking Fox News, Fox Business here, where literally all we come from is right wing uh, perspective. There's very little uh, lefties who want to come onto our network. So it was just all very bizarre. It was very obvious to me that they were coming for me and they were coming to, to either you know, fire me or put me on unpaid leave. And so um, I, I no longer had any aspirations to work for a company that was so fraudulent in front of um, the audience. But like I was just going to say, The Blaze did a report. They did a FOIA request. And through that FOIA request, they found out that Fox, Newsmax, CNN, MSNBC, The New York Post, all these publications took money from the Biden administration to promote the vaccine. And um, in return, they promoted the vaccine. Uh, I know that negative commentary was completely or any type of negative publicity was rejected because Peter Navarro came onto one of my pre-tape shows and gave some negative criticism about the vaccine. It wasn't even criticism. It was him telling you know younger people not to get vaccinated because it's not, it's not worth it. It's not worth the, the risk. Um, since they're young and healthy, you'd be fine if you caught the virus. Uh, Common Sense would say, yes, that's true. Fox ended up editing that out. Peter Navarro emailed me because he knew that happened. And I was the one who booked him. And so he addressed it with me. But it was just one of the many examples as to uh, the information being filtered. And you couldn't say what you wanted to say. You couldn't give the facts that you wanted to give. It's the complete opposite of journalism and what any of us actually commit to when we do decide to become journalists and work in news media. I can't believe, honestly, we're still talking about this, this whole vaccine, yeah. the whole, the whole, you know, uh, testing out of things. I mean, yeah. you look at even in, in pro sports, like people get the coronavirus and then they have to sit for like 10 days. But what is going, am I, I've said this a lot to a lot of my inner circle. Am I missing something? Is there something wrong with me? Am I, am I aloof from, from what yeah. I've seen over the last two and a half years? You just said it. Young people don't die from this virus. They have a 99.998 or whatever it is percent chance of living people under the age of like 40. Um, you know, more people are having vaccine related issues than they are COVID related issues at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we know that shutdowns don't work. The statistics show that they never work. The masks don't work. Am I am I in my own little bubble and world over here, or, 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 is, or is is this administration and this leftist policy? I guess it's not even leftist anymore because Fox News is doing it too. But yeah. it, it, are are they just going to keep drilling this for us for the next ten years? Yeah, yeah. So I think what we're starting to see is we're starting to see things turn around. Uh, they can no longer deny the facts. The facts are, sadly, they have to admit that women are experiencing irregularities in their menstrual cycle. That was something that got a lot of people kicked off of social media for just expressing the side effects. Uh, I know a lot of women were posting on social media on Instagram. They either got a little disclaimer under their posts or they were completely wiped off the web. Um, now we're seeing people like Dr. Fauci announcing that he's leaving and stepping down sooner than expected. He initially said he was leaving at the end of the Biden administration. Now he's leaving at the end of December. Uh, we're seeing all these people coming forward and saying, OK, we didn't do it pro- properly. Um, the CDC flat out coming out after after a study found that that they, too, were were not on the ball of this whole situation. I think, and we're seeing this too with Fox, right? We're seeing Tucker Carlson didn't do as much vaccination coverage as what he should have done. Uh, he, he did try to hit it, but he, he, I think it was very obvious from anybody who was watching is he wanted to go further, but I think he, he had, he was up against the wall where he couldn't go as far as he wanted to go. That's what it appeared to be. That's in my opinion. That's no background information on that really. But um, for the most part, I, I think that we are all, um, those who think like-minded like you who want to just sit back, watch and see how things played out. We are all now being vindicated, but there's not enough outrage for the people who are forced to comply with how they were running everything. There's not enough outrage from, from people on the, from, from both sides, people who are forced to get vaccinated because their jobs force them to, I mean, people's employers forced and take a vaccine, uh, an experimental vaccine, not even a vaccine, it's experimental jab. I wouldn't even call it a vaccine. It's not even a treatment anymore. Right. They force them to take it. There's no repercussions. It's not even approved by the FDA. It's an emergency use order still to this day. We know it's not working. And yet, like, if you were to post this right now to YouTube, you would get nuked off of YouTube still. So. There's no accountability. We can't, if you have a, if you've experienced a negative side effect because of the vaccine, you can't physically sue anyone for it. You can't sue the FDA. You can't sue your employer. You can't sue Pfizer or any of these big pharma companies, the government, you can't sue anyone. Yeah. And, and that, that was the most telling thing in this all. If you, if you were at home watching what was going on and you realized that they cleared themselves of any legal and financial liabilities, you knew that there was something very shady about this. Um, and the brainwashing was just so it was just so obvious. And so, I was just gonna say, yeah. and yet they want to go after gun manufacturers and hold them liable for everything yeah. in the world. But but the the you know the drug companies, no, no, can't do that. I, yeah. I, I think and this just goes for every issue, right? We're talking about the vaccine and COVID right now. You see what is going on with the, the government and politicians are never held accountable for anything that they do. And they should be. And both right and left, by the way. Right. Yeah. I'll bring up a Mitch McConnell. I'll bring up a Kevin McCarthy at times. These guys are not helping their constituents. Right. The yeah. the AOCs of the world, the Joe Biden's of the world, they're not helping anybody. Every decision they make is making it worse and worse and worse for most Americans. And look what we just saw this week with the uh, the student loan forgiveness. That's not helping anybody. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's short term. Right. So it's it's how do we get through the November elections? It makes sense from the short term aspect. You know, so many people on my Twitter page are so angry because obviously I have a heavy conservative audience. And I'm not telling you that student loans should be paid because I definitely don't think that the government should be paying off student loans. But I also think the federal government shouldn't have any involvement in the student loan, uh, in this student loan business. We saw once they got involved, 
we, we saw the tuition costs skyrocketed because now everyone has all this, these endless funds to go to college and these schools are completely taking advantage of it. My point was simple though, that I mean on Twitter, I know I outrage a whole bunch of people because conservatives sometimes uh, they get easily triggered when it comes to things like this. But some people were really upset because I said, you know, when I first got out of college, I had two degrees, I have associates, and I have a bachelor's in um, media communications and science communications. So both are pretty much journalism. Um, when I got out of college with my two degrees, went into the workforce, my first job offer was with Major League Baseball. And I didn't take this one job, but it, the first offer was for $30,000 and it required a bachelor's degree. Bachelor's degrees are very expensive to get. If you're going to require me to get a bachelor's degree, there should be some sort of a compensation for such. Uh, that's your demand. Right, thirty thousand dollars would be fine if I didn't have to get a college degree. Then I would say that's fair for a first for a first gig. But when you're requiring that type of expensive piece of background, you you should be willing to help pay for it. And yep. so I think that, I think I think there's there is legitimate arguments in the student loan crisis. Um, for that that being one of the examples, I don't think the federal government should be paying them off. But I definitely think people. Uh, do have some type of, of argument when it comes to how outrageous this has become. Companies want, they want you to have this extensive background, but they don't want to pay you the proper amount of money to earn a livable wage. $30,000 what I was offered to live in Miami back in 2015. So it wasn't that long ago. We all know that's literally not livable. So there's got to be some form of uh, balance here. Um, my idea of balance would be just be don't don't ask for a don't make it a requirement to have a college degree go based off experience i had internships i had on-air experience i could have done it without my bachelor's degree uh, and i didn't really learn much in college anyway for my major i know for my major college degrees are worthless it's mainly experience but i know that's not the case for everyone but I mean, it, it's just so it's outrageous, but I will say that is a lot. I mean, okay. So, so I'm the same. I graduated college in 2014. I was a criminal justice major. I own an insurance agency now and do podcasts yeah. and media. It has nothing to do with what I went to school for. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think, I think as a society, part of our problem too is, is, is everybody, like you said, they're giving bad advice. You need a bachelor's degree. You need to do this, go to college. It's the only way out. No, it's not. Trades are great. Yeah. Being yeah. motivated and hardworking can get you a lot farther than a piece of paper from college, right? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest problem I have with our society too, is we keep pushing this, like, just always ask for more money and you don't have to work that hard and all this other bananas. Look, our kids in our colleges and high schools and middle schools should be learning about how to balance a budget, how to write yeah. a check and, and, you know, how to deal with debt in your life. Cause everybody's going to have debt, whether you own a car, you own a house, you have credit cards, you're, you may have debt. You got to know how to get out of that. And instead we teach kids about like 17,000 genders and you know, what critical race yeah. theory is to me, it's just very backwards in our society. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it's funny because when I got down here back in 2019, the Florida public school system really wasn't, um, wasn't one that I would use as an example for the, for the rest of the country, but it, it has since become an example for the rest of the country. Now that we're requiring financial courses like that, you know, governor Sanchez has yeah. done a great job getting rid of all those, those core math classes and all that nonsense. So uh, that's, that's the only way you save America is based on education. But um, a, as we know, the left likes to infiltrate public schools and in target these kids when they're young. So they make them all feel like they're victims. Like, like you've been a victim of some some mass uh, conspiracy that's been put up against you, and there's no way to overcome it besides voting for extremes like socialism and all these other things. You know, this this brings us extremely close to socialism when the government's paying off these massive debts. But I also think it's it's interesting when um, 
this announcement comes out when we're also announcing that the federal government's announcing that they plan on giving an extra $3 trillion to Ukraine to help fund their war against Russia. It has nothing to do with the United States, but for some reason we're so financially deeply invested into it that something like that gets dropped. And this is, you know, where the news experience comes because a lot of times when you want something to get buried, this is what you do. You create something more outrageous than what else you've already done so that it kind of gets drowned out. So we're not talking about the $3 trillion our nation is wasting in addition to everything else on Ukraine. We're kind of burying that with a student loan argument. Um, and it's all intentional. You know, another another tip I'd give your audience is when you are looking at the news cycle and trying to decipher, you know, what to believe or, or anything of that nature, uh, the best day to make sure you pay attention to the news is actually on Fridays and Friday afternoons. Because a lot of times we always say that when somebody wants to bury something in the news cycle, you re- but you have to release it, you, you release it on a Friday afternoon because most people are heading up to their weekends, they're not paying attention to any of these, these, um, these news outlets. And then the weekend news outlets, they're not prepared to cover most of these stories when they're really big. So there's a lot of deception involved in all of this. And it's, it's well orchestrated, but you got to be able to kind of sift through all of this and figure it out on your own and, and figure out what the media is actually doing. And let me keep going on those numbers because I think you bring up a good point that I'm going to go back to the media in a second. If we just do some math for a second and ballpark figures, what was it? Two or three trillion on COVID three yeah. years ago, two years ago, right? How many now billions and potentially trillions are we going to give to Ukraine? We yeah. just passed the Inflation Reduction Act. That is now another 740 billion or whatever it is. We it's are at inflation. Um, yeah. Uh, the student loan stuff, right? I mean, how, where are we getting it from? Who's got it? Because I know where it's going to come from. It's going to come from people like us working our asses off for the rest of our life and then paying high taxes. And that's what's super frustrating. Yeah, we're going to start borrowing. Well, I mean, that's dark because we're doing it now, but we're going to be borrowing money from other countries, China especially. Um, it, it just seems like it just it's discouraging because it's, it's the decline of our country because because nobody really wants to ask those questions especially in our generation and the younger generations. I mean, no one wants to ask this question. Everyone has built up in their head this belief that the United States is an extremely wealthy country, when in fact, we're, we're a country that's, that's in extreme debts. We're poor. Um, yeah, we're, we're extremely poor. We're living off of debts and it's only getting worse. And it's so selfish to think about, oh, well, I went to school for a liberal arts degree and, and I've got $75,000, in student loan debts. So I need immediate relief now. And you're not thinking about the long-term effects on all of this. Um, I think Fox reported that over uh, that the student loan forgiveness was a cost about $500 billion. The Biden administration didn't want to tell you about that though, but I mean, that's a massive debt to be taking on. Um, don't go to college if you can't afford it. It's just, it's, it's absolutely outrageous that we have to sit here and say, yeah, everyone should go to college. No, not everyone should go to college. You don't need it. I didn't need it. I'm telling you, I did not need to go to college. Maybe a two-year degree would have been great and then just send me off into the workforce. But everything else was just was completely ridiculous. And another example, too, when I was in college, I got my four-year degree from a SUNY school in New York, SUNY Old Westbury. Um, each class, I think the average class was worth, I could be, I could be off by a, by a credit. But I think the average class usually in college goes for about three credits. And um, when I was going to school, it was each class was four credits. So you're getting an extra credit for each course you took. Sounds great up front, but you're actually taking one less class per semester is how it kind of worked out. So it actually took you longer to get your bachelor's degree. Um, and if you wanted to apply to take an extra course, you had to get it approved by the dean. And the dean did not 
approve most of this. And, and the reason why I'm telling you this is because it took you longer to get your bachelor's degree, which made it cost you more money to get your bachelor's degree. You had to stick around for an extra semester or two to, to complete it. Um, so college, they are running scams in this country. And that was a SUNY college. It was a state-run college. They are running scams in this country and there's no accountability. I mean, I don't know at what point do we sit here and say enough is enough and we step in and we start gaining control of this because this is all this is going to do. And the White House asked about this yesterday. It didn't have a plan. All this is going to do is and it's going to rise the tuition costs up because now it's more money that's being thrown into education because now everyone knows, okay, $10,000 is going to get wiped away from my, my, my debts. So now they're going to up the cost of tuition because they know they get more from you. It's insane. And I also went to a SUNY school as well. I went to SUNY Brockport. And and yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, you can tell where this situation's going. And, and again, the cost of school, the cost of room and board, um, it's, it's really not cheap and kids can go to a, uh, you know, a community college and spend one tenth of the money. And again, like you said, the biggest thing, we all know this in most jobs, including jobs like, you know, engineers and stuff, your experience will tell the story, your degree that you get now, certain things like an engineer, I guess, or a doctor is important uh, to go to school and learn that stuff. But in, in, in careers like you have, like I have, it's the experience of meeting with people and dealing with people. That's the most important thing when you're really thinking about how do I be successful? That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike, how many of your, your, your classmates did you go to school with where um, they took out extra money in student loans so they could buy cool gear and have some extra drinking money on the weekends. So they didn't have to work. I mean, I literally, I, ha- I had one roommate in college who, who got so much in like Pell grants. I got so much in other stuff that she was actually making money off of going to college. And yep. so that extra money was being kicked back to her family. I mean, it is insane to think that these people are still, and the worst part in all of us too, the student loan forgiveness that they're doing, the cancellation of student debt, is if you've received Pell Grants through your time in college, which is free money from the government, it's not free money for the government, but it's free money for the individual, um, you can also, instead of getting $10,000, you get $20,000 of your student loans written off. I mean, how much more are you going to get written off? You've gotten a whole bunch of free stuff your entire life. You got free textbooks. Most people got like like comp, like lunch, like like meals or whatever it was. Like yeah. it was just how much are we going to keep giving to these people? Um, Don't I forget about college. COVID monies too. Don't forget about COVID oh, yeah. monies. We got free stuff there too. Yeah. Well, they're hoping that you're enjoying all this free money because it, it's it's the introduction to socialism. Now you're going to become reliant on the government. And it just so happens at the same time while they're doing all this loan cancellation garbage that they're increasing the size of the IRS by 87,000 agents. Do you think that's a coincidence? They're only going to target 400,000 uh, people who are making $400,000 a year or more. No, they're going after average Americans now because now they just increased their spending. They've got to collect it and they're coming after you to collect it. So um, I don't know what else to tell young people besides stop being foolish and stop believing that everything's free because it's not free. We're not a wealthy country. We are a very poor country that relies on other countries to help fund our overspending. And then we sit here and we give giveaways to other countries when we can't afford it. We cannot afford it. We have people in this country right now who cannot even af- don't even have access to clean water. And we never talk about that. But we talk about helping Ukraine, helping all these other countries fund their wars and their defense programs and stuff. We are living above our means. And unfortunately, it means probably that the United States will eventually have a decline and it's coming very, very soon. And I think the scary thing is, and I'm going to go into the media right after this point, you just brought it up. You, you have drinking water issues. You have feces on the streets, drug needles on the streets, homelessness running rampant, mental illness running rampant, um, you know, mass shooters. And it's not because of the gun folks. It's because the people are mentally ill in this country. Your borders wide open inflation's at over 8%. 
I mean, how many more things can we add? Right. I, you know, yeah. again, you're handing out free money. We're giving money to other countries. It, it's, it's totally a disaster. And this brings me to my media point. Uh, are, are MSNBC, CNBC, uh, excuse me, CIA, uh, CNN, uh, Fox News in a way, like you said, are, are we ever going to get out of this, uh, I guess, sham that the media shows us and shows citizens of this country? Because I really do think there are a lot of brainwashed people that actually can't see in front of them. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, people don't get the right chance. They don't they don't have the ability to make money because all these rich people keep pushing down. Racism is running rampant in this country. It's not true, but they believe yeah. it. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people have created this this victimhoods in their mind and they a lot of people think that they're victims of some type of uh, systematic issue. The, the, the reality of it is, is they're not. The reality is they, they're a victim, though. They're a victim of their own stupidity. Uh, when you sit here and you're watching CNN, MSNBC, I mean, it's nonsense. We have people who are literally arguing on MSNBC to, to eliminate the Constitution because it's embedded in racism. I mean, it's like they don't even hide their colors anymore. These are, these are it's not socialism, it's communism. And they want to control everything. That's what that whole disinformation board came out of, is they want to control the media. They want to control what you're, because they can control the media. We saw them do that with, you know, the HHH, gosh, the HHX money that I cited earlier, but they can't control social media. Um, even though they'll censor people, they can't control all these other accounts popping up and stuff. So that's what the disinformation board was about. You might as well just be a state-run, you know, media organization and then just get rid of all these social media companies to have them owned by the government if you're going to keep doing this, because that's what we're, that's what we're literally coming up against right now. Um, I, yeah. I don't have, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you too, sorry, my yeah. computer just, sorry, I just froze up for a second there. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, you know, I think you just brought up a great point. Why, why even waste time just telling us you care about us at this point? Just shut the whole thing down. Go to one media source, one, you know, it, let's go China route, right? President Biden will just tell us how the, how the world works, everything that we need to know, get rid of cell phones and just listen to them. That, that instead yeah. of lying to us and slapping us across the face, you might as well just do that. Yeah. 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 Well, people Sadly, this country is going to wake up when it's too late, and I think that's that's what we're we're kind of up against right now. Um, you know, a lot of us a lot of us are 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 misrepresented and called conspiracy theorists because they want to silence our messaging because our messaging is factually accurate, um, and the other side just isn't. So, I, I don't see any type of short term solution to helping fix this problem because I think most Americans like how comfortable life is right now. And in order to accept the reality of what the re direction this country is heading in, you have to accept the fact that this country is not the country that you kind of envisioned it to be. I think I think people are very comfortable. And I think that in order to accept what we're, direction we're heading into, you have to get uncomfortable. And we have to have these uncomfortable conversations about how democracy is not real democracy and how freedom of speech is not freedom of speech anymore. And and most people don't want to corrupt that, that idea that they have of our country in their minds. So... Uh, until people start, you know, getting shaken up a little bit, that's it, it's it's not going to stop. I, I think the two sad things are, you know, the fact that we can't have conversations with each other anymore and debate anything because that's like not allowed. Right. If you disagree yeah. on anything, it's my God, you're a racist or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. And then the second side is we've completely lost this idea of having a sense of pride in who you are. And, and yeah. you know, it doesn't that doesn't mean money, by the way, being prideful as a parent having pride in what your career is. It doesn't matter if you make a million dollars a year, or you make $50,000 a year. If you're have pride and passion in what you do, you're going to be a lot better off and you're going to be happier. 
That's the other yeah. thing. We wonder why we have a mental illness crisis in this country. Well, when you have people sitting on their asses eating potato chips, smoking pot in their mom's basement, well, no kidding, they lose their minds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that seems to be the, the reoccurring issue. I mean, I come from Long Island, and a lot of people, although they, when they started, you know, people I went to high school, when they started seeing my social media posts, they were not happy. They called me every day in the book for my conservative views, but they're still living in their parents' house. They're still living in their parents' basements. They're smoking weed. They're drinking. They're doing the same thing that they were doing when they were 18 years old. I'm 30 now. So, like, that's, like, a huge difference. It's, like, it's like what is how have you progressed in life? And they haven't progressed. They're still living in the same situation that they are. So they're depressed. You know, every now and then I get calls from people like, oh, I'm so sad. Well, maybe if you moved out of your parents' house and you started, you know, this quest to independence and starting your own life, you'd be a little bit more prideful. You know, I look at everything that I have and I'm excited to wake up every day because I've built myself a, a very nice lifestyle. And it was based yeah. off of hard work, working three jobs at once and, and just keeping at it. And so, um, you know, there was just a recent poll I saw in New York Post about how a lot of New Yorkers are depressed and um, how it's, this is a new 14-year low for, for people in New York. And it's based off of like their financial, you know, kind of stakes right now. They're not very happy with their finances. Well, yeah, you chose to live in a very expensive city. It's filthy all the time. It's constantly dark. Like I moved to Florida because I like sunlight. So when you yeah. move to Florida, you got sunlight, everything is clean. We're not paying state income tax. We're not being beaten over our head with a liberal sick by our government. Um, it is a great place to live and I love it here. And so, um, there's also like kind of people need to take responsibility for their lives and the direction that they're heading. And most people don't want to do that, but it, it all starts internally and, and you have to figure out where your happiness is and kind of go towards that. And unfortunately, most people are just too lazy to kind of do that. And they just don't want to, they don't want to risk. They don't want to make the jump either. They, they're, they're just in their safe place and they're okay with sitting around and mooching off of someone else's, you know, assets and, and income. And, and they're okay with, you know, barely getting by in life. And that's fine. If you're okay with that, it's fine. But you know, I don't instill all that stuff on the rest of us. I just saw it recently too, that, that there was a uh, Democrat celebrating in New York City about socialism, how socialism is coming back. I, I can't remember her name. It was Kristen, last Kristen Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she looks like she's like, like just straight out of high school. Girl, yeah. do you even know what socialism is? Have you spoken to somebody that came from a socialistic, a socialism background? No, you haven't. Because guess what? No one's smiling when they're talking about it. But maybe it's because she thinks that she's going to be one of the elitists who are going to thrive in a socialism background. I don't know. But it just... It's like these people have no idea. It sounds great up front, but if you ask people who are living in Venezuela right now, they'll tell you it started off great at first, but um, once once the government had all the power, it, it went downhill from there. Now they're all fleeing and trying to come to the United States because they've got nothing in Venezuela anymore. Yep. And it's happened all over the world. Uh, there's never been a successful socialism story. And I'll say this too, before we finish up, I mean, I, I think that's exactly right. And it's so funny. You, you mentioned too, if that's what you want to do, go ahead. I agree with you under one condition though. If you want to be a lazy piece of garbage, you can't ask me to pay taxes to pay for you being a lazy <laughs> piece of garbage. That's the difference, right? I don't disagree with you. If you want to go live on yeah. the street and, and San Francisco, be my guest, but don't ask me for money and help because I'm not yeah. going to give it to you. Um, yeah. How can people find you? I know you're doing a lot of things now. I think you said with Emma Robinson. Uh, how do people find you and, and follow what you're doing? Yeah, so I, I currently am the senior producer for Emma Robinson, but I'm also the Florida-based reporter. So I do go on every now and then and give reports on her show. That show is streaming on three different platforms. It's frankspeech.com. It's also uh, frankspeech.com. We can find it at 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern time and 4 o'clock p.m. as well. Uh, it's also on Getter. It's on Rumble. It's on Van Videos as well. That streams at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time as well. 
for personal content, Getter and Twitter, you could find me just at Brianna Morello. So just straight through, nothing else in between it. Just Brianna Morello is where you can find me. Awesome. I hope to do this again with you sometime. Had a great time talking to you. Obviously, it's it's sometimes nice too talking to you know people of the similar age about this topic because yeah. uh, people our age don't think a lot like we do. It's usually the yeah. opposite. They're very, uh, I'll call it liberal. I'll be nice and call it liberal. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. And we hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Mike. Pleasure. All righty, folks. That's it for this week. The TFG exclusive interview with Brianna Morello. We will see you next week. Thank you.